Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. So we're here. Uh, it is Tuesday night, seven o'clock. That can mean one thing or one thing only. That is the live Q&A with yours truly. Yours truly. JJ Stiano, that is myself. Uh, consultant plastic surgeon, if you've got any questions, feel free to chip in, put your oar in, ask away, and I will do my level best to answer them in the absence of questions then that's fine sit back relax i've got some questions that have been um, asked during the week which i will go through presently so let's i don't know about you but that thing going through the bottom of the screen is slightly let's get rid of that but what it said was please comment and share so please do uh feel free to comment and share if you have anything to comment and if you feel like you want to share it that is good thing to do because it gets it to more people um i feel a little bit scruffy which i feel slightly bad about and i and i, and I i'm just gonna I, maybe my preconceived ideas of myself but i'm sorry about that that i'm not uh, smarter <laughs> i feel i should have just got got my suit on in the top half just to make myself look good um so um Two and two and two, two and two. Okay, let's go. Let's do this. Tracy, I think that is clapping. And if I could do that back, I would. So just um, virtual clap back to you. Let's get the agenda up. So the agenda, we've got ourselves an agenda and we're going to go with can vitamins aid healing? And I know that's why you're here, isn't it? To answer, to know the answer to that question. So, oops, yes, is the answer to that question. Vitamins are very important for wound healing. Uh, vitamins, trace elements, minerals, uh, vitamin C. I mean, um, the, um, you know, the, the pirates got scurvy and, you know, because they didn't eat the oranges. Um, uh, magnesium, um, zinc. Uh, there are very important vitamins with, um, in terms of wound healing and um, uh, um, getting the best result possible. So there's lots of vitamins which are very important in wound healing. The thing about vitamins though, because I think the question is asking it because basically saying, should I take vitamins uh, in order to aid wound healing? And I don't recommend people take vitamins after surgery. The reason being, that if you have a healthy balanced diet you don't need to take extra vitamins so um, vitamins are important for wound healing but vitamins are present in food and so uh, what i normally say is to ha have fresh fruit and uh, vegetables um, which will have all the vitamins that you need to heal 
uh, it'll also give you the energy, the calories that you need to heal. Um, not so much with cosmetic surgery, but certainly for bigger operations, when you have big wounds to heal sort of internally and externally, you need to have um, protein, you need to have the building blocks to heal, and often your appetite is low. And so um, it's not just about vitamins, it's about protein, and it's about getting a balanced diet. Um, and being in an anabolic state where you're building up rather than you sort of breaking down, uh, which would be a catabolic state. So it's about getting your, your nutrition right, getting your calories in, uh, healthy, healthy, balanced diet so your wounds can heal, everything can uh, bind together. But not only that, the other thing about having surgery is you're often... Uh, things slow down and you can get constipate, constipated. Things slow down when you're in hospital, when you're in, in having surgery, the, also when you're having painkillers. Painkillers can often constipate you and slow down your bowel. And so fresh fruit and veg, fiber, you know, also these, there, there's lots of other reasons to, to focus on a balanced diet rather than just saying, oh, you know, vitamin C uh, is good for healing. So I'm going to take some extra vitamin C you're much better off taking fresh fruit and veg um, and um, and focusing on getting a good diet for other reasons rather than taking uh, external vitamins. There's no harm in taking external vitamins if you, if you want to take ex you know, external vitamins. Is that the right word? But, you know, extra vitamins. Um, but I don't rec I don't sort of um, suggest it to people. If, if you want to, then there's no no harm in it but uh it is but don't sort of rely on it say oh my wounds are going to heal up if i take vitamins you need to have um uh, protein you need to have a balanced diet and you also need um to keep yourself regular so you know fiber and things like that so um yeah so yes the vitamins are important but but get your vitamins by having a good diet uh, and it's particularly important following Surgery, Vilma Santos, single uh, clap to you, uh, but a high. So balance that out. Um, we can do, th oh God, we can do things, guys. We can do things. We can do that. You know, can we? Yes, we can. Uh, Tracy, double clap. Oh, a little picture. That's good, isn't it? A little picture. Oh, that's good, isn't it? Picture of Vilma. Little picture of Donna. Let's have a look at Donna's picture. There we go. Oh, Donna, look at that. Hi, Andre. Oh, hi, Andre. <laughs> Mr. S, you come to us. Very nice man. He can pay me later. Oh, that's Donna. Donna. Oh, I didn't know you were a Facebook person, Donna. Isn't it normally Twitter we're, we're uh, linked on? I thought I was looking at the picture. Um, who, so thanks, Donna. Nice to see you. You're right. I did used to come to you, Donna, and I don't. I, in fact, you know what, Donna? I have just been down your way um, because my daughter's my daughter got the train back from um, Worcester, and it stopped, and it was sort of um, cancelled. So I had to go to Joy, which pick her up. So uh, yeah, just down your neck of the woods. Um, just got back actually. So. Uh, Nice to see you. Linny. Linny Kitchen is in, in the house. So nice to see you, Linny. Um, so that was the vitamins one. What about this one? This is a big one. When should I stop smoking before surgery? We've had a few people um, 
in this uh, category. So, um, first thing depends on the surgery in terms of smoke. Well, you know what? You should stop smoking anyway. Stop smoking is not good for um, for you basically and it's certainly not good for healing for any operation so you, any operation you shouldn't really smoke um but there's some operations where it's more important than others so uh, it is really operations where um you're not quite shiny is that quite shiny okay. <laughs> Is that no, where's all that light coming from? Anyway, um, okay, it's really operations where you uh, are, are, are closing the wound under tension. It's really important if you're closing the wound under tension um, and you really must not smoke in those operations. So if you're having, I mean, as I say, any operation is not good, but if the wound isn't under a significant amount of tension, you know, mole removal or something like that, um, then it doesn't matter quite so much. Or if you're just making an incision and then closing an incision. But if you're putting things under tension, it's really important. So that is basically most body contouring operations because most body contouring, oh, most is it all, I guess it's all, isn't it really? Except for liposuction, I guess, because you're not taking skin out. Okay, so most. All right, most body contouring operations, you're, you're tightening the skin. That's how you're contouring the body, by tightening the skin. And when you're tightening the skin, you have to close the wound under tension. And you really want that wound to heal up properly, because if the wound doesn't heal up properly, it's all, you know, um, it can be a problem. And uh, every time you have a cigarette, you're reducing the blood supply to your skin. So you're, you're increasing your risk of um, wound healing problems and that, that, that wound not knitting together properly. So any sort of uh, contouring surgery, that means facelift, breast lift, tummy tuck, thigh lift, arm lift. Um, did I say breast lift? I think I did. Yeah. Anyway, so any of those ones, um, you really must not smoke because those wounds are closed under a significant tension. They're really tight. So if it breaks down, it's bad. It doesn't just like, oh, a little bit of breakdown. It, you know, it's bad uh, to the extent that personally, I would say if you can't stop smoking, don't have the surgery. And a lot of, I know people get, oh, you, you know, um, uh, um, discriminating against smokers. And because I know that some operations, the NHS says we won't treat smokers. And people say that's terrible infringement of your human rights. Terrible. You shouldn't treat smokers. To be honest with you, even in the private, never mind NHS, private sector, it's not a question wouldn't treat smokers. It's a question of I don't think you should have the, a tummy tuck or a breast lift. Uh, if you are smoking um, uh, and it's just not in your best interest uh, it's got nothing to do with rationing or or um, discriminating against smokers it's just that the complications can be significant if you can't stop smoking so I know that's not really the question the question is when should I stop smoking but anyway I've gone off on one there um, but yeah you should stop smoking basically um, so when should you stop smoking back back on back on topic um, ideally six weeks before ideally six weeks before so that means forever basically in order to let your lungs 
uh, recover, uh, bring up the secretions because the little hairs in your in your lungs that bring up secretions will be paralyzed and in order them to come back to life. So ideally six weeks before your all surgeons will have different views on it. And so you really must stay with your surgeon as to what uh, the right thing to do is. Um, but um, the really, really crucial time in terms of smoking is the healing time. So that means the point of having the surgery to two weeks afterwards, broadly speaking, two weeks is sort of, you know, when when hopefully everything's pretty well healed at two weeks. Uh, so those are, that's, that's the crucial time, that two week period. But ideally, in order to get your best result, it's six weeks before, if you can. Um, and as I say, if you can't, it may not be the right time to have the surgery. It is that bad or that important rather um, in order to um, to do that. Two and two, two and two and two. Cara, nice to see you, Cara. Oh, nice to see you. Cara has just had my surgery, so ideal. Love, live, ideal live. So how's it going, Cara? I hope it's all got going. Oh, here we go. I'm, 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 um, I'm skipping Lisa because Cara's in again. I've been told it's not recommended due to having two surgeries to heal in the same area. Better to have those two separate. I've been told. Hold on a minute. Maybe I shouldn't have skipped Lisa. Right. Okay. Maybe I should have done them in order. Sorry. Maybe it's, maybe that's related to Lisa's. Um, can you have a breast uplift and an arm lift at the same time? If so, what is the recommended recovery from work? I'm a diabetic podiatrist, Lisa says. And then I think, Cara, have you answered it? I've been told it's not recommended. So Lisa says, can you have a breast uplift and an arm lift at the same time? Lisa says, I've been told it's not recommended due to having two surgeries to heal in the same area. Better to have those two separate. Okay. So Lisa, so uh, Cara, thanks Cara. There you go, Lisa, Cara, that's Cara, Cara's answer that one. So basically I'll just facilitate the, the Q&A here and um, you, if, if anyone else has answered, just answer the question and, and, I'll, and I'll be the facilitator. So that Cara thinks it's better to have it too. I mean, um, so, oh, Zane, Zane as is, Zane as is, is new. We should have a thing for new. There's a little button that says celebrate. Zane's new, so I'm going to celebrate. Ready to share your achievements. Share now. Nothing. Oh, my journey at BeLive started with my first live show 1618 days ago. Sorry, is this coming up on your screen? What have I done? 318 comments. Join me at BeLive via the link in the post. Get 30 days free. Sorry, I don't know what this is. Sorry, I don't, I'm advertising, but sorry about that i just clicked the button All right so zane no it's not just on those topics zane it's on any topic you want i mean i'm, I'm a plastic surgeon believe it or not i know i don't i look a bit scruffy but i am a, a, a plastic surgeon i've got all the certificates and everything honestly um and if you've got any questions about plastic surgery breast and contouring is my thing but i'll have a bash at anything in terms of questions not in terms of surgery um so if you have any questions then you can ask me if you uh, and I will answer it if I can so no not those those are the just the topics that I had before I came here or came on the thing so let's just get back to Lisa back on track back on topic Lisa is saying can I have a breast uplift and an arm lift at the same time um so Lisa you can you can um so 
Kara is saying she's been told it's not recommended to have two to have two at the same time. Again, surgeons all have different views about these sorts of things. There's nothing's written in stone and there's pros and cons. Obviously, it's two lots of wounds to heal. Um, and so that's a big deal. And so you have to think about your recovery. But some people want to have these sorts of things done at the same time because then it's one period of recovery. Because if you're working, you don't want to have two time, two lots of time off work. So and I think a breast uplift and an arm lift are reasonable to combine at the same time because they are the same sort of area, you know, top half sort of thing. It's when people have like bilateral arm lift, so both arms and bilateral thigh, you know, both arms, both thigh, both legs. It's like, oh, that's a bit. But, you know, um, arms and breast fine legs and tummy fine sort of thing you know keeping in the same area so yeah it is it is reasonable to do it in the same area cara i know where you're coming from that you're having two surgeries but uh maybe not for everybody because both operations are quite big tight tightening the skin like i was saying a minute ago but uh yeah totally reasonable to have it at the same time lisa um and um it's it's not uncommon to combine procedures certainly if you if people need several procedures it's quite nice to combine them to minimize the amount of operations they have um the the uh the healing will go in the same go along at the same time so there's only one healing period the cost is less um because there's one hospital stay and you know um so there's a, there's a sort of economies in that in terms of that um and as i say usually it's sort of time off work that is the thing so what you oh, so what's the recommended recovery from work so um i would say the first week you're obviously going to be out of action because you're going to have all dressings and all that dressings come after off after a week second week you're going to be feel better um probably three weeks um really lisa before you'll be thinking about driving presuming you drive to work um the arms will be tight feel weird and things uh, probably your arms probably will knock you back or, or, or hold you back more than your breast. Um, uh, but the arms will be a bit tight and you will, uh, after three weeks, you'll be starting to feel better. You'll be starting perhaps to drive and maybe think about getting back to work. But um, uh, as long as it's nothing too heavy, I don't know if you have to move people, do you? you have to move people and things? So I won't be moving any people for about six weeks. Anything, you know, lifting, moving and handling and things. I don't know if that's involved in your work. If it's just sort of, um, uh, so we can give you a sick note if that's helpful. I normally say like three weeks off, three weeks light duties or phased return, if that's helpful. So, um, yeah, that's what I would say about a breast lift and an arm lift. At the same time, uh, what's going on here? Gillian. Gillian, is there a problem having surgery? I want upper and lower eyes when taking steroid inhaler or steroids for asthma. So two different things there, Gillian, the steroid inhaler and the steroids. Um, steroid inhaler is quite common for asthma. Um, uh, steroids is less common. So if you're taking tablet steroids, that's less common. So the main things, the two things I would want to know about is... Um, um, Number one thing is, is your asthma controlled? So is your asthma stable or are you just on steroids because you've got an exacerbation? Is your asthma bad at the moment? They're giving you a short course of steroids or something like that. So if your asthma is not, is in a bit of a like, it's a bit bad at the moment or it's in a, it's, it's a bit unstable, you're better off, off not having surgery. You're better off having surgery when it's stable. Uh, but it's fine to have surgery with asthma. If you're on steroid tablets rather than just the inhaler, if you're on um, 
steroid tablets, that steroids do reduce the risk of, uh, sorry, reduce the capacity for wound healing. So increase your risk of infection. So if your asthma is stable and you're always on steroids, like steroid tablets, um, then we'd have to have a discussion. Uh, do we know what surgery? No, I don't think we know what surgery it is. So we'd have to have a discussion. So if it's some kind of body contouring, like I said earlier with the smoking, if you you know close wounds tight and things like that, you have got an increased risk of wounds not healing up properly and of infection if you have to take steroid. So we have to balance that. Obviously, presumably your, your asthma doctors think you need to have the steroid uh, and it's obviously helping your asthma, which is important, clearly. So... Um, so is there a, oh, sorry, I have to say what surgery, upper and lower eyes, sorry, sorry, it says it there, upper and lower eyes. So yeah, I mean, that is not as bad to be up, upper and lower eyes, but, but lower eyes, you can be closing quite tight because you do do a bit of a sort of a mid-face lift with a lower eye, um, a lower eye lift, upper eye lift less so, um, but, but certainly um, it's a discussion we'd have to have. So number one, if you're stable if you're not stable then probably best not to have the surgery and if it's just a, if you're having steroids for a period of time then it's best to have it when you're off steroids if you're always on steroids and i'm talking about tablets now not the inhaler because i say the inhaler is quite common then we'd have to have a discussion about that roundabout route there jillian maybe i could have shortened that answer but uh you know is what it is that's live tv you know sorry if i rambled on a bit uh linny Linny is crying and Cara, what's going on? They're all, what have I done? What's happened? Laughing. Right. Cara, not two, but two in same area. Thumbs up. Yeah, that's going back to the lift thing. Been told it's not recommended due to having two surgeries to heal in same area. Better to have those two. Not two, but two in same area. Hmm. Yeah, so having two in the same area is, is okay. So the area meaning breast and arms. So Zane, welcome Zane. I think I actually emailed to see if you do otoplasty. I was considering earfold, but I've read quite quite a bit of reviews with the implants moving a couple of years later. Is the met traditional method still more reliable for life? Well, right. Well, ears is a thing, Zane. Uh, I think I actually emailed you. Did you email me? Uh, have I not emailed back, Zane? Sorry if I haven't. Um, I'll go for it. But you're here now, so let's go. Um, yeah, earful. Uh, we had a guy um, called Mark who was doing um, earfold, but Mark has moved to London, doing more work at London now, and he's not working at the clinic. So he earfold. There's certain doctors will go and be trained in earfold. So Mark was doing earfold. So we're not doing earfold uh, at the clinic now. Um, an earfold is good and is a is a good concept it's a metal um, clip which which clips onto the what's called the anti-leukal fold this fold here can you see this this folding in, in a bit in my ear um, uh, and it just recreates that so it's a, a a quicker and a simpler procedure less scarring less risks less downtime than a traditional otoplasty having said that it doesn't replace a traditional otoplasty a traditional otoplasty actually reshapes the cartilage so a traditional otoplasty um i did have an inquiry about an otoplasty didn't i what was it about anyway was it using um a traditional otoplasty yes you someone said they had an otoplasty and they can still see the stitches anyway that's presumably not you anyway so um 
Um, I could have put that on here, couldn't I? Anyway, uh, so yes, what I guess one of the risks of relying on an ear fold on the clip is if the clip uh, moves or if it if it breaks or if there's a problem with it, uh, then you lose the correction uh, at any time. So the traditional method is long, more long-standing in those terms. The other thing about the traditional methods, there's more scope with, I mean, all the ear fold can do is reshape the anterior fold. So if that's your only problem, then fine. But if you've got other problems, the conquer this bit here can sometimes be quite deep and there might be other issues that can be corrected with a traditional otoplasty. So I would say that to be honest with you, um, Zane, in the in this country, um, traditional you know otoplasty is performed a lot more than earfold simply because not many people um, are doing earfold. Um, just like you know we've got surgeons at the clinic who do otoplasty, but they don't do earfold because Mark's gone to to London. So um, yeah, I mean it, it otoplasty is still a thing uh, and it's still the standard way of doing it. Um, in cases of patients who are candidates for earfold, then it might be something they want to consider, but um, but it but it is more of a subset of patients who would be candidates for the earfold. Pretty much everyone is a candidate for an otoplasty because you're reshaping and remolding the cartilage, so you've got a lot more um, scope as to what you can do and where you can reshape and how you can you can do it. Whereas um, the ear fold, as I say, is just really using a clip on the on the antelical fold. So yeah, so so is the traditional method still more reliable for life? Um, probably yes. I don't really know what the figures for ear fold are for occurrence and things. They might have it, uh, figures for occurrence, but um, but but yeah, certainly the traditional method is is still a thing that can be suited to any ear. And we've got, uh, it's not really so much my thing. I have done ears, but it's not really been my niche. So um, Kurum and Kirsten are doing ears at the clinic. So we do have uh, other surgeons who do ears. And we'd be very happy to talk to you about doing ears. And uh, look out for your email. Cara, I'd happily have two surgeries. Just unsure how I'd cope having less use in arms at the same time as pain in boobs. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, Cara. Well, that's why it's person specific i've got to be honest i mean i'm not saying you should it wasn't it was lisa wasn't it but i'm not sure i'm not saying that people should have it both done at the same time some people think forget it flip a neck boobs and arms forget it can't face it i'm like okay well, fine we'll have them done separate times no problem at all three months six months apart um it's not for everybody to have it done at the same time but it is for some people some people say look you know i just want some time off work but yeah it can be uncomfortable you know having arms are tight breasts are tight not for everyone, Cara, not for everyone, but yeah, it's um, something to discuss, something we could talk about, you know, we could rap about that. There we go, Gillian's on a short course of tablets occasionally. Okay, so you'd want to ideally be off them, Gillian. You'd want to be, you ideally, and then, then stable. Yeah, well, if it's stay, so if you're having a short course of tablets occasionally, that's not stable, that, you know, that's unstable because you're needing a short course of tablets occasionally unless you haven't needed a short course tablets for a long time. So you'd really want to be over a period of, of, a, of a few months of not having the steroids. And, you know, uh, and rather than if you occasionally need stitch tablets, that's, that's not that stable. So yeah, you want to, you want to be, um, be stable with that. Cara, love me lol. I'm asthmatic. Had surgery TT, presumably tummy tuck, eight years 
ago. My estimate is controlled, but I was asked to have balls. I was asked to have balls. I was asked to have balls one week pre-surgery, steroid dose prior to help my lungs, and I had to have a pre-op chest x-ray as anesthetist insisted. They also gave me post-op nebulizers for 48 hours post-op. If that helps, info-wise, Cara, you are, do you want to come on? We need Cara here. I don't know what I'm doing here. Cara is, you're pretty good at this stuff, Cara. You're pretty good. Um, oh, ignore the balls. It was a typo. Okay. So, um, yeah, so there you go. So Cara's been through it all. Um, so Gillian, any questions about asthma? Cara's your girl because she's had it all done and she just had some steroid dose prior to help lungs and had the pre-op chest x-ray and they also gave post-op nebulizers sounds like a good good plan that nice um thank you ignore the balls balls are ignored cara zane thank you for your reply is symmetry hard for a plastic surgeon to achieve the traditional way you know what zane symmetry is hard to achieve for plastics for, for a plastic surgery to achieve anyway as in it's not any easier with an ear fold than it is with a um, traditional otoplasty. Two things. First thing is that um, ears are never symmetrical before you start. Any bilateral things, breasts, hands, eyes, they're not symmetrical before you start. So they're not symmetrical before you start, but, but people are very critical of them afterwards and say, oh, well, I mean, this one sticks out more than that one. So um, there is always some asymmetries. Uh, before you start but the other thing is that they're actually very forgiving in that it is very uncommon to see someone square on both ears square on usually you're a bit on the side where you can see all of one ear and maybe a bit of the other ear you see a bit of, no you can't see a bit of that can't see the screens over there and can you see a bit of that ear anyway you get it yeah you get it you don't normally see both. You see a bit, a bit of one and a bit of the other. It's all too difficult because the screen's over here. Quite a professional stuff we got going on here. I know you might not think so, but it's uh, pretty, pretty high tech in here. We've got cameras and screens. Oh yeah, we've got a full production team. Um, so yes, so ear, so even what happens when you have a ear, your ear corrected, you sit in the front of the mirror and you think, wait a minute, this one sticks out more than that one. This lobe's a bit more this than that. And you come to clean, we say, what was that? And oh yeah, that is a bit this and that. And then a few months later, you're like, was one a bit sticky? And you're like, oh yeah, it was. Then you have to go square on. You can, even if there are some minor asymmetries, it's not that obvious on ears. If you go into a waiting room or, you know, go to a train station and look at people's ears, you will see, look at everybody in the room. You'll see some people, you'll see all of one ear and, and a bit of another or none of another. So it's 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 okay to have a bit of asymmetry, what I'm trying to say. But what was the question? Is it hard for it to, so it's no harder in the traditional way than the other way. It is hard anyway to get a symmetry zane, but that's what it's all about. That's what we're trying to achieve whenever we do anything because uh, we're often doing bilateral things, facelifts, eyes, ears, breasts. Um, and we're trying to get symmetry, but we would always warn you that they may not be perfectly symmetrical, but then no one is. Um, so, um, Zane says, well, look out for your email. I haven't received one yet. Yeah, Zane, you weren't, the, you weren't asking about... Um, 
the the the, the, the stitch is still being visible you had the surgery 10 years ago is that that's not you is it that's someone else Zane. Zane as is. Um, anyway, here we go. Got ya. Gotcha. Gotcha. So Zane, we sent out an email. Um, yeah, so anyone when was that? For ninth of Chen. Five days ago. Send out an email, Zane. By the looks of it. I believe I have risen to my life. Um so yeah. I think we've got your number here, Zane, so we'll get Nicola to give you a call. Um right. Hello. I listened last week. Hi Donna, welcome back. Um, would you say a 360 belt procedure would be better for skin remover than a TT or an FDL? Loose skin on bottom and thighs. So um, better. Ooh. If it was better, we do we do it more often, and we don't do 360s very often, Donna, because um, the problem with a 360 is the complications are high. So I wouldn't necessarily say it was better. What's the question? How would you say it's better for skin removal? Well, it's more skin removal. So in terms of, is it better for skin removal? Yes, I guess. I guess the answer would be yes, because you remove more skin with a 360. Um, does that make it better? Maybe that does. Um, let's get the IT department there. Let's make the camera a bit higher. Um, yes, it, it does give you more skin removal. So it, it is better in terms of more skin removal, because obviously you go all the way around the side and skin from the back and much more skin removed from the sides. Um, Fleurdely is the next biggest because obviously the same as a tummy tuck, but then you have that extra V, which then narrows the waist. And then tummy tuck the least in terms of amount of skin removed, but so less skin removed, but also less complications, less risks, um, less cost. <laughs> So um, loose skin on bottom and thighs, it's not going to help your bottom and thighs, um, Donna. It's not going to help your bottom and thighs. It's your back. It's not your bottom. Uh, a 360 will not lift your bottom. Uh, so and it, well, none of them will. Well, obviously, a 360 won't. None of them will. So it doesn't really do your th bottom. It doesn't really do anything to your thighs. Hate to hate to be negative, but it, it really just focuses on the abdomen, the trunk, you know, the doesn't doesn't do the bottom and thighs um but as i say but as i said last time it's not very common to do a 360 it's only people have you lost did you say yeah it's only people who have lost a significant amount of weight i think a lot of people in their heads think oh yeah i'd love to have it all the way around but actually the consequences of doing 360 is quite a big deal you know you have to turn you have to turn you during surgery you're asleep you're intubated we have to turn you <clears throat> often we have to turn you twice so it's 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 a big deal Donna, I, I would say, and it's something you certainly need to proper discussion with a with a plastic surgeon. Cara, no, eight days ago, lol. I don't want to come on. I'm sat recovering, lol. Sorry, I'll shut up. No, don't you know? Come on, Cara, we need you. We need you. We need. We've got asthmatic people out there who need you. We've got people who want multiple procedures. We need your input. Don't be like that. Come on, come on. 
let's get you on board i'm not saying you come on no just 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 keep 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 chipping in let's have the chips any you know we need we need some asthmatic and bio, multiple procedure advice and you're the go-to because you've been through it you lived it well the asthmatic thing i'm not sure about the multiple procedure thing donna back on uh ttmr and lipo mons lift is booked sweet but I still have loose skin on my bum and thighs, and I'm wondering if I should have booked the latter. No. No, it won't help your thighs and your bum. The latter being a 360-degree lift, I believe. That, well, I believe that would mean. Um, so, no, I, I, I think TT and MR, which is muscle, uh, muscle repair, um, and lipo to the mons uh, is good. It's good, good, good. I think that, that that's... I don't want to use this term standard because it sounds like that's sort of ordinary, but that's the that's the most common thing. And the reason it's the most common thing is because sort of value for money wise, complication wise, scarring wise, it's the best, it's the best combination because the scarring's often hidden. Um, you know, the complications are less because it's just one scar. The flirtily you have those two scars um yeah and it's just it's just a really good operation so i think that's i think you should be right with that donna but if you're thinking about it when when is it booked is booked just talk to your surgeon if you're worried talk to your surgeon because you don't want to go into surgery with with concerns because you don't want to come out and say what about these bits here and then the surgeon says well you should have had a 360 if you wanted those bits redressed you're like well i would have had a 360 if i'd known that sort of thing. you need to know now so you can be comfortable knowing what can be achieved so you're not coming out of surgery thinking dear oh dear if i got the wrong decision i would say you need to talk to your surgeon donna and last question sorry what's this sorry listen don't you remember guys don't you remember this don't you remember this huh remember that i'm asking i'm asking to comment and share so donna cara don't say i'm not I don't, don't want the last one. Um, you know, we want comments and share. We, I say we, me, e, I, we, there's no production team here, really. It's just me. Um, right. Please comment and share. Yes. Right. Get held to that. So, um, Donna, and last question. Sorry. Oh, FDL, as it brings the waste in, would it help with excess skin on the bum thighs, too? No. No, it would not, Donna. Just does that. The waist, the bum, yoop, thighs, yoop, niente, nada, nicht, nil, zero, zip, nothing to the thighs and bum, yoop, FDL, 360, plasty. thighs and bum, noop. So, you don't sound thick. What do you saying? You sound thick. Why do you sound thick? No, you don't sound thick. It's, no. So, but I do think you need to go to your surgeon to, to, to be to be happy you've chosen the right op. I'm not saying you haven't. It sounds good, the op you've chosen. But I think um, I think you need to um, be comfortable. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, just but just be aware of what to expect because I don't want you. You know, you don't want to wake up from surgery thinking, hold on a minute, my bum's you know not been improved and my thighs have not been improved because you know tummy tuck's a big op and if you wake up thinking wait a minute why, why are my thighs feeling tighter then you're going to be disappointed you're much better off knowing now what can be achieved with your bum and your thighs so you're not disappointed 
because that's what we're all after, happy patients. And it's about expectation, matching your expectation with what can be achieved. And that's how you achieve happiness with patients, in my experience. Do you also do ptosis surgery? My left eye always seems to be smaller in photos compared to my right. It's like I'm squinting with it. Yes, we do, Zane. Yes, we do. Um, so Zane, ears and ptosis is probably going to be Kurum. Kurum Khan, um, whose um, surgeon does clinics on Tuesdays. So Kurum would um, would be a man. But yeah, we do do do, do ptosis surgery. Ptosis being eyelid drooping for those people who are um, wondering what ptosis is. Uh, but yeah. Uh, Donna, ignore all my questions. You've answered it. Thanks. Oh, okay. Um, Linny, what's an FDL? Sorry, Linny. Sorry. Uh, it's these guys. They love using abbreviations, these people. I don't know. FDL is fleur de lis. So fleur de lis is. Um, do you know what fleur de lis is? Fleur de lis is, um, is sort of like. Um, you know those. Um, lights of the round table looking for that surface um you know they got the shields um arthurian legends that's flirtly yeah so if that, that's a flirtly they got it on the shields you know the knights so if you've got an abdomen Belly buttons here, rib cages here. So if that's your abdomen, that's your belly button. A normal tummy tuck. A normal tummy tuck is is just this bit, the lot, the lot, the bottom bit. A fleur de lis takes a big V up the middle. Belly buttons in the middle of it. So that, I mean, this is, this is, um, this is a sort of IT we need here, isn't it? So, so a normal tummy tuck, you take out, you, you take out where the dotted line is and you don't do that V bit. So you end up with a scar, where is it? <laughs> you end up with a straight line scar and then, and then your belly button, right? Flirtly, because you're taking out an up and a v, v that way, up and down, you end up with an inverted T-shaped scar. So you end up with a scar going through the through the belly button. Does that? So flirtly is basically like a tummy tuck, but it's got an extra star, uh, an extra scar that goes vertically down the um, center of your abdomen because it takes out skin as well in a side to side direction. Uh, so, sorry, well in up to up and down direction in a side to side direction as well. And it helps to narrow the waist. But again, it's for a massive weight loss patient. Um, the problem is that point and that point have to meet that point there to give you that T junction. So that point there has got a risk of wound healing problems. It's a bit like when you do a breast lift and you have that T-junction. Anytime you have a T-junction, two scars meeting, there's a risk of wound healing problems. So there's a risk of wound healing problems. 
and it gives you a scar going straight up and down. So obviously when you're in a bikini, if you haven't got that straight up and down scar there, you can sort of hide that scar. Um, there's a scar around the belly button with a normal tummy tuck, but there's no other scar on the abdomen with a normal tummy tuck. So you can potentially hide the scar of a normal tummy tuck. Whereas in a fleur de lis tummy tuck, it's more difficult to hide that scar because it's going straight up and down the middle. So it's a balance. More skin's removed, but more scarring. Balance. That's life. It's all a balance. Um, Donna. If you gain weight after a tummy tuck stroke lipo, as you've removed fat cells, would you get more uneven fat gain in other places and less on the areas removed in lipo? No, no, Donna, you wouldn't. You would get fat gain just the same. Um, it's not like the fat would go in other places. So basically, we've all got a certain amount of fat cells and fat people have got bigger fat cells than thin people so we've got the same number of fat cells but fat people their fat cells are bigger and when you do surgery whether it be liposuction or tummy tuck or whatever it is removing bits of skin and fat you remove that fat forever however you leave fat cells behind when you do a tummy tuck someone even if they've got a much flatter tummy will still have some fat cells there and those fat cells can then also be um can also get, get bigger if you put on weight, just like they would have done if you hadn't had surgery, but there's fewer of them, but they can certainly get bigger. So you can get fat again. So you've got to be really careful because you can spend thousands of pounds on a tummy tuck. And if you put on weight, you, you can put on weight on your tummy again and stretch the skin again. And, you know, there's no guarantee that it won't go on the tummy again. So it's not like it goes on other parts of your body. It goes on your tummy too. Good question and they've all been good questions but that that was amongst them donna do you find doing muscle repair in a tummy tuck tautens titans brings in the waist stroke silhouette or is that more the lipo part um yeah i do find that it does uh donna it does it does definitely um tighten and bring in the waist and when we do a tummy tuck it's not a just a straight up down pull you're always trying to bring in the waist so you're always trying to make the waist definition better um so you're not, you, you know, you're, you're always trying to contour and make the shape better. It, you can't do it as much as you can with the fleur de lis, but you do try and definitely make the waist better. Um, uh, and the lipo part can also help the hips, uh, the hips and the flanks, the side areas. So the lipo can also it. So yes, I mean, a tummy tuck is, you know, bringing in, bringing in the waist is part of a tummy tuck. It's just like a fleur de lis is like more direct because you actually... But as I say, fleur is only really for people who've lost a lot of weight. So you have to have quite a lot of uh, laxity to, 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 to require a, a, a fleur-de-lis. Um, I think a lot of people think about it and talk about it on here and things because we talk about it. You know, maybe maybe it's my fault for talking about it. Fleur-de-lis and 360s, they're not that common. Tummy tucks are really common, but fleur-de-lis and 360 tummy tucks are not that common. Zane. Not anything related, but I hardly see doctors with beards, male ones. Is there something saying it's preferred not to? Oh, God, blimey, Zane. I hope not. Oh, my Lord. Got a beard. Do you think it's, do you think it's, medic, uh, do you think it's um, infection control? Um, yeah, no, you don't see many doctors with beards, do you? Um, no, no, there's nothing saying it's preferred not to. Um, 
no it's um i think it's fine to be a doctor with a beard but um yeah it's fine it's fine yeah 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 um i mean we wear face masks and things in theater but that's more for the air um uh well to be honest with you the main reason for a face mask is fluids going you know the other way but um yeah no beards are beards are okay with doctors i think but yeah you're absolutely right you don't see that many doctors with beards but there's no sort of rules there's no there's no rules you don't get in trouble if you get a beard then to to have a shave before you do an operation no it's fine so uh thanks for noticing um donna what you got to say donna five to six days a week in the gym here i'm dreading recovery and not going but yeah but looking forward to seeing abs for the first time in my life after being 18 stone wow um yeah i mean that is a problem and i think it is really tough because we always say to people get in really you know do exercise and all that sort of stuff and get in a good shape prior to having surgery and then we do surgery on people and they're like oh my god you know i'm sat there and i can't move and all this sort of stuff and i've had surgery because i want to have a good body and i want to be you know comfortable with my body and uh you we're like oh you can't do anything for two weeks and then you can't do anything heavy for six weeks so it is tough it is tough and um you just got to go with it and i know it will be tough but um after a couple of weeks you can gently you know first you will be getting up and walking you know but you need to take it easy and i know it's difficult particularly for people who do a lot of gym but you have to take it easy and the reason you have to take it easy because if you start doing the gym and getting back to things too soon you'll make it swell and then it'll take longer to settle so it's a bit of a false economy to be honest with you it is a bit of a false economy so you have to just go with it and say, look, I'm going to have to stay off the gym. Um, certainly any heavy activities for a couple of months um, or at least six weeks. Um, and, you know, nothing. You can start gentle things after two weeks, um, but nothing too strenuous for six to eight weeks. So you have to go with it. But, uh, yeah, it is difficult. You're, you're not alone on that. Um, what's your favorite procedure to do? Um I don't know. In the past, when people have asked me that, I've said liposuction because um, I do like that. I do like it. it's quite satisfying seeing the fat come out. Yeah. Okay. Um, scars are small. Um, tummy tucks are quite satisfying. Big, but then probably commonest is things like breast augmentation, and I don't know. Don't have breast reduction. Oh. Patient satisfaction is very high. Breast augmentation, breast reduction. Um, I mean, I used to do um, microsurgery, which is pitching little blood vessels together when you're doing breast reconstruction, you know, after cancer. This is going back when I was in the NHS, and that's surgically a great thing to do, a lovely thing to do. Microsurgery, you have a micro operating microscope, and you're stitching up these little blood vessels, and I used to love doing that. Um, it's a, But, you know... Yeah, uh, so maybe if I say liposuction, that's probably the thing that I normally say, but um, so that might be easier thing to say. But I do like tummy tucks, and I do like, and I mainly do breast, um, breast reductions, breast, breast augmentation. And to be honest with you, that's why that I only really do the things I enjoy doing. I don't do faces anymore. I don't do facelifts. I don't do rhinoplasties. I don't do eyes, because I'm, to be honest with you, I never really enjoyed it to be quite honest. It's quite a long operation of face. If you do a facelift eye, especially if you're doing brow as well, it's quite a long operation. Um, 
and and it wasn't it wasn't something I enjoyed. I, I enjoyed breast and body, so I do things that I enjoy. Um, Zane got me in stitch with that reply. What about this beard? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's all right. I hope it's all right, Zane. I hope I don't go into this tomorrow and get told off. Yeah, get told to have a shave. Um, but yeah, I hope, I hope it's okay. I've had it for a while, Zane, and no one said anything. So I'm sure someone has said something by now. Surely, to goodness, if there was a problem, someone would have let me know. So I, th I think I'm all right. Um, Donna, opinion on Brazilian bum lifts. I know they're frowned upon in the UK now, but interested to hear your personal opinion. Um, it's difficult, Donna, because it's not my field and it's not something that I really ever did. So um, they are frowned upon in the UK. Uh, because of the mortality rate and the complication rate. Well, more than frowned upon, we've been told we shouldn't really be doing them. Um, but if you talk to international surgeons, there are people who have got good results, good safety records, and they say that, you know, they're helping a lot of people and, you know, there's a big demand for it. So I... I sort of go with that, really. I sort of, you know, I think the, the our job as doctors is to, to to help people, and if there are people who are helped, you know, they have a good satisfaction rate, and you tell them what the risks and the complications are, because uh, there's risks and complications with every operation, you know, every single operation, you know, these three sixty degree lifts, goodness me, there's risks with those. Um, you know, I think that it's 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 okay if you tell people the risks, complications versus the benefits, and if people want it, because I think people do want it, because we certainly, you know, see people who want it, and we can't really help them. But I think, yeah, I think it's probably a good thing to do by the right people. The problem is, the problem with plastic surgery is, there's a lot of not the right people doing it. And when you get a few not the right people doing it and then people die, then not un, not um, unreasonably, the authorities or the association say, look, we shouldn't, no one should be doing it. When you've got the fully trained people who have been doing it very safely and have you know not had any significant problems, might feel a bit, well, they do feel a bit aggrieved because they're like, well, hold on a minute. These guys were doing it this way, which, you know, is not safe and they weren't properly trained in it and they weren't aware of of the risks so i think per my personal view it's in the right people who you know who are properly trained it, it's probably okay but as i say it's not my that's my personal view and i and that in my official view i would stick with what the barps have said which is it should it, well it has to stay with that because that's what they're They've said that we shouldn't be doing it. I've never really done it. So it's not a personal thing that affects me. It's not something I want to particularly do. As I said a minute ago, I do what I enjoy. I do what I know what, what I can do. And, I, and I've and i got no wish to get into doing uh, buttocks. And I, so it doesn't really on a professional level affect me because it's not something I want to do. Um, but yeah, that's what I think personally. I think that's all right. Um, Linny's straight in. I think this is brilliant. What are you, what are you doing, by the way? No idea how you get the time, though. Sounded like the dog wanted to go out for a walk. Yeah, the dog. Yeah, 
I don't know what happens. I think anyone goes within a 50 meter radius, the dog goes crazy. What are you doing, by the way? What, am I, what do you mean, what am I doing? I'm doing my live Q&A, Lily. That's what I do. It's my thing. Every Tuesday night. That's how I roll. Um, Kelly and Johnson, what's the most common revision after a tummy tuck? Dog ear. Dog ear. Little bumps at the end of the scar, which um, don't settle and, uh, and sometimes need to be revised. So that's the most common revision after a tummy tuck. It's not that common. And it's not that big a deal. It's local anesthetic, in and out same day, just tidy up the end of the scar. But um, that's 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 probably the most most common one. Cara, Cara, see, you need to be Cara. This is what we we need. We need Cara's. See, Cara's surgeon had a beard, so it must be okay. Um, and she's a nurse, and she never questioned it, and she wouldn't. So Zane. Cara says beards are all right, so I'm in the clear. Thanks, Cara. Thanks for that. Um, what are you doing? Get your glasses on. Get my glasses on. I haven't got glasses. What are you talking? What are you doing? Get your glasses on. Linny, I haven't got glasses. What? <laughs> I missed something. Get your glasses on. Right. Anyway. Right. So I'm a, I'm a professional. Right. I'm a professional. And I'm going to I've got questions to answer here, guys. Where's my computer screens all gone blank? Whoa. Whoa. Um, where are we up to? When should I stop moving? We've done that one. Right. Let's get in this one. Read it again. <laughs> Read it again. Hold on a minute. I think this is brilliant. What are you doing, by the way? Oh, what you are doing. Oh, what you are doing. Sorry. It's because it was a capital W, Linny. Don't blame me. It's capital W. I think it's what you are doing. Oh, I see. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Thank you. That's very kind. Thank you. Right. <laughs> but what you're doing. Um, thank you. Right. Good seamless production to this question here there what can here what's the question can blood thinners prevent me having surgery yes they can well actually no <laughs> um well yes yes they can actually yes they can um blood thinners can be an issue it depends on the type of surgery you're having so if you're having, so, I mean, obviously the problem with blood thinners is you bleed and you'll get a hematoma and blood will collect have to go back to theatre, which is a risk with any surgery, but obviously it's a higher risk if you've got blood thinners. So um, it, so it depends on what sort of surgery you're having and it depends on the doctor. So as, uh, well, I don't know where my disclaimer is, but don't listen to me. If you're on blood thinners and you need to have a surgery, an operation, talk to your surgeon and they will make a judgment on the blood thinners you're on and the surgery you're having to make a judgment on how to best manage you. So, but in general terms, if you're having cutaneous surgery, so if you're having a mole or a, or a, um, a cyst or I don't know, some, something removed from your skin where it's easy to press on it if it bleeds, you might take the view, or, or I, I often take the view that 
the risk of you stopping your blood thinners is higher than your risk of having a bleed. And this is something we discuss with you. We say, look, you've got your own blood thinners. You've got to increase risk of bleeding. It might just keep on bleeding. It might be a bit of a nuisance. You might have to press on it and it might be a bit of a pain. But if we stop your blood thinners, you might form a clot because you're on blood thinners for a reason. You're on blood thinners because they're worried about you forming a clot, usually in your heart. Heart attack, let's face it. Let's be honest here, people. Um, you know, it's a heart attack if you're on, you know, aspirin is a, is a blood thinner to keep the blood circulating because, because you think a blood clot in your heart is a heart attack. If you have any problems with your valve in your heart, uh, particularly if you've got any prosthetic valves in your heart, you could be on warfarin or there's others, there's a Pixaban and there's all sorts of ones now. Um, but because they worry about the blood clotting on the, on the, on the heart valve. So, you know, these are serious problems, these, these clots forming. And, and so um, a DVT clots in your legs, PE flying off into your lungs. So you might be on blood thinners for those sorts of problems. So these are serious problems. Blood clots are serious, serious problems. So you don't want to stop. If you're on blood thinners for a reason, the first thing is what's the reason? So it might be a very strong reason like those. It might be a less strong reason, like something like AF. If you're on AF, if your heart's in a slightly funny rhythm and it's not really pumping properly and it's a bit like a bit like that rather than do, 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 then the, the blood's a bit more static in the heart. And so you're increased risk of getting blood clots. So that's maybe a softer reason for, for having the, the, the blood thinners. So we've got to look at the reason for having the blood thinners. But generally speaking, if, you, if you're on, a, you know, you've got to weigh out the risk of the bleeding versus um, clotting. So if it's cutaneous surgery, as I say, my view is I often would, if someone's on aspirin or a Pixaban or something like that, I would often say, look, you know what, stop it the night before or something like that. Um, sometimes with aspirin, we stop it a couple of days um, and then start it the next day after surgery. You may be at a higher risk of having some bleeding, but um, you've got to weigh out the pros and cons. The other um, thing is if you're having a bigger operation, if you're having a tummy tuck, a breast reduction, something like that, this is a bigger operation. Um, lots of raw areas, lots more risk of bleeding. Uh, and so the risks are higher then. So again, we'd have to take a judgment on what sort of uh, blood thinner you're on. Um, so again, if you're on something that takes a while to stop, things like warfarin particularly, we might want to stop it a few days before so it gets out of your system, but obviously you're at risk of clotting during that time. So we sometimes put you on a shorter acting blood thinner, heparin classically, which you can do with an injection. And these days, you used to have to come into hospital four days before and have heparin infusions and things. These days, I think the nurse, district nurses and things can do it, just an injection in your tummy. And heparin is a much shorter acting blood thinner. So we put you on the heparin, which we can then stop just before the surgery. And then after the surgery, start you back on your um, normal blood thinner and then give you heparin until your normal blood thinner is up to speed. Um, so... The question was, can it stop you? Well, if you come in and say, look, I need surgery today, I want surgery today and I'm on blood thinners, it might prevent you from having surgery because you might have to go through this rigmarole of stopping it and the heck, exact same thing. But it, we can usually get round it if we're planning the surgery um, by stopping the, 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 the blood thinner and giving you hexane if appropriate. And as I say, sometimes we just say, look, we're not going to stop the blood thinner, we're going to carry it on. You are got an increased risk of bleeding, but um you are we don't want you to form a clot which is why you're on the blood thinner blimey did that make did that make sense anyway that's the answer um what's going on 
read it again. God's sake, sorry. Um, right, what's going on here? Linny's sorry. Cara, I believe, is laughing. Olivia's here, which is good to know. Did you hear I booked my surgery? I didn't hear Olivia. No, that's good news. Thanks on the, hearing it from the horse's mouth. Excellent. Good news. Now, what we got? Oh, here we go. Should I have a breast lift with implants in one procedure or two? So this is actually, no, it isn't. I was about to say it's the same because someone else earlier was asking a breast lift with an arm lift. So this is different, that question, which is good. So, oh, here we go. Here's the question. Oh, yeah, this is the question. Right, here we go. Uh, I'm new to your page and have a question for your live Q&A. I have Erlos-Danlos syndrome type 3. Erlos-Danlos syndrome is a, uh, a situation where people have hyper-elasticity hyper of their skin and are prone to wound healing problems <coughs> or delayed wound healing. I am wanting implants and full uplift. Would you advise this is done in two separate procedures? I ask because there would be increased risk going back through the scar tissue and wound healing due to the risk of poor healing. Um, I'm aware there is more strain for the body to heal the T-section scar if both procedures are done at the same time, but worry that it would take a long while to heal, and that's if it even healed uncomplicated if I had two procedures. Also, I am prone to keloid scarring, so this would be a concern that there would be increased risk of this as it has don't this, I think done this on my stomach, where the same excision were used when I had revision from gastric band to sleep, and then worry I wouldn't be happy aesthetically if this were to happen. If you could shed any light, this would be greatly appreciated. Thank you. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, crikey, Erlos Danlos syndrome and keloid scarring. Yeah, that's tricky. Um, I uh, so I don't think there's increased risk of going back through the scar. So there's less knock that on the head. I don't think there's increased risk if you do two surgeries of going back through the scar because we don't go back through the scar. We cut the old scar out and give you a new scar. So there's not increased risk if you have two operations. It's not like I'm cutting through the old scar and then trying to heal up. The old scar has to heal up a second time. Nope. We cut out the scar and give you a fresh scar. Obviously, the more, you know, it's a real worry about the keloid scarring, a real worry. So I would worry that that, that might happen. And, you know, you're saying that you had a keloid scar when you had it second time on your tummy. So that that is a worry. Um, I think in terms of healing. Um, oh, it's tricky. I mean, a breast lift with implants is something that is it splits it divides opinion amongst plastic surgeons and many plastic surgeons will do it in two stages routinely they'll just say look i'm not doing it in one stage you've got to have it two stages you've got to have either the breast lift or the implants first and then you can have the breast implants or lift you know the other one um because it has got a high complication rate in anyone never mind erlos danlos syndrome keloid scarring in anyone it's got a high complication rate because the breast lift tightens the skin implants tighten it again so you can risk wound breakdown particularly at t-junction if the wound breaks down if it gets infected the implant has to be removed so it's a big deal in anyone but um having said that i and 
that the other some of the other surgeons at the clinic we do do it in one operation we do do a breast lift and implants in one operation because a bit like we we're saying earlier with the lady with the arm and the breast lift and the arm lift it's one recovery and people think if i say to you look you can have two operations three to six months apart you'd be like what if you know you want to lift and implants you know it's quite a big deal to say look i'm just gonna um you know do the lift first and then you know you're going to be you pay thousands of pounds thousands of pounds you know you're going to be unhappy because you want implants as well and you've got to wait you know three to six months to have the implants it's quite a big ask that so i do do a breast lift with implants in one operation but i tell everyone it is a big operation that has got a high risk of wound healing problems in anyone and they're going to be higher in you because you've got her lost and loss so <clears throat> um and you got a risk of keloid i don't know what to say it, it's um yeah your risks are high there's no answer here i think um you have to balance the risks and you know what i'd be really worried about doing surgery at all lost and lost syndrome and keloid scarring you know let's face it this is a cosmetic surgery that we're trying to improve the look of your breasts and if we give you keloid scarring particularly the breast lift which is on the front you know that's not going to improve the look of your breasts and you might say oh well i can hide them in a bra well, you can hide them in a bra now without having any surgery. So don't want to be negative, but I'm, I'm on this situation wondering whether you should have surgery at all. Because, you know, if you've already got keloid scarring on your abdomen, if you've got keloid scarring on your breast, you would obviously not be very happy about that. I've just done a blog post about that today, by the way, on Twitter. I've posted it. I don't know if it's anywhere else. I don't know if you put it on Facebook or anything, but I, I put it on Twitter. Um, I've on my blog as well. Um, so yeah, keloid scarring is a problem. And I would consider whether you, you should have a cosmetic procedure if you've got a risk of keloid scarring, because that's a cosmetic issue. That's what I'd say. Um, Donna's had a power cut. Oh, what a nightmare. You need to catch up yeah donna you need to catch up um i need to catch up where are we up to we are up to this one here with thigh lift following weight loss how much how much will it lift low lower loose skin on bum if if any is that sorry i'm using the wrong thing using the wrong mouse if any um <clears throat> With thigh lift following weight loss, how much will it lift loose skin on the bum, if any? None. No, it won't, it won't lose. So thigh lift following weight loss addresses the medial thigh, the, the, the bit of the inside of your thigh, the bit that, you, you know, your two legs touch together. It's those bit. It removes that bit and it tightens the, the um, circumference of the thigh and makes, the obviously, the contour of the thigh better. The bum's a long way away. It doesn't it, it doesn't pull through and affect the bum how much will it lift lo lower lo loose skin on bum it won't lift lower loose skin on bum no no it, it won't it won't pull that that lower loose skin on bum will be the same after surgery as before you got and you've got to be aware of this before so you know whether surgery is right for you because what might happen when you first have it done it might be quite tight it might be quite swollen you might think oh it's good done done a bit on my bum when the swelling and the tightness goes down it, it i would suspect it would be the same so i wouldn't go into surgery thinking it's going to make your bum tighter 
it's really going to make your thigh tighter yes definitely oops but not your bum no right which one is last question so um I'm really confused about breast implants. They are there. They are so many. There, there are so many. I think that is brands, shapes, and sizes. And I'm really not sure how to get my head around it. Well, true, absolutely true. There's lots of brands. There's lots of shape. Well, there's not that many shapes. There's round and teardrop, really. Well, there's different profiles as well. So I suppose there are quite a few shapes. Okay, there are. Yeah, and sizes. God knows there's loads of sizes. Um, well, the first thing I say is don't worry about it too much. The, I always say the most important thing is finding a surgeon. People worry about breast implants because they've got a choice in which breast implants they have. And so they worry about it a lot. But the result between two, you know, between often people think, oh, should I have the 320 or the 340? It's like not going to make a huge difference. The surgeon is more important. How you put the implant in, where you put the implant, and how you make the pocket. The surgeon is by far the most important thing. The implant is important, but you know the surgeon is more important. So that's the first thing I'd say. <clears throat> the other thing I'd say is don't worry about it too much because when it comes down to it, when we measure the dimensions of your frame, that cuts out a lot of implants already. So when you look at how many sizes, shape, all different types, you can't have any any implant available. You know, people think, how do I choose? Look at all these hundreds and hundreds of implants available. You can't have it. You can only have a certain amount of implants available because of the dimensions of your frame. So there are only a certain amount that will fit your frame. So when it comes down to it, all we've got to narrow it down to is, well, shape, round or teardrop, um, and profile, low, medium, high, extra high profile. Once you've chosen a shape and a profile, there'll be one or two implants you can choose from. It's actually not as difficult as you think, but there are different types. There's polyurethane, there's smooth. There's, I mean, yeah, thinking about it now, there are there is also coatings. So there's polyurethane foam, there's textures, there's smooth. There's all different types. But that is why, I mean, that is why I'm glad you asked this because I'm doing a talk. I'm only doing a talk on this. When is it? I'm doing a talk on Wednesday in January. The 29th of January, 5 till 7 p.m., Birmingham, when I'm talking about just this whole thing, what breast implants, I'm talking about all the issues, all the things you hear in the media, all the bad things, all the different types. What one should I have? Should I have teardrop? Should I have round? Should I have texture? Should I have smooth? You know, should I have polyurethane? Should I have silicone? Should I have saline? It's all, all, all the issues everything will become clear on Wednesday, the 29th of January, Birmingham, Edgebaston in Birmingham, free to attend. Um, you, Vicky is doing a sizing thing as well. So um, only got a few slots for that. But if you want to comment, this is what they do, isn't it? Comment down below. Is that what they do? Comment down below or direct message us if you want to come. But um but that is what that is what it's all about and but the bottom line in answer to the question it isn't as, as daunting as you might think it can you know you, we will narrow it down quite a lot there will be some decisions to be made 
um, but they'll be mainly in terms of the, the texturing and the different types of implants. And again, there's pros and cons of all of them, and we can use any of them. So we can talk to you about all of them. We're not tied to one make or manufacturer, so we can give you a balanced judgment, a bit like, you know, the financial advisor. Well, actually, they are sometimes tied, but, you know, like Carphone Warehouse and stuff, you know, they use all the different makes. So, yeah, 29th of January, 5 till 7 p.m. If you're interested, please let me know. Direct message me or... Um, comment here or whatever and we'll, we'll give you the details uh olivia did you arrive at seven yes i did olivia i came at eight i did however do a face pack okay good to know yeah i was here at seven olivia sorry i am um, but you can catch up the, the previous hour so whoa happy new year that was a good one so if you got any questions get them in now because i'm going to go off in five in four in three in two in one No more questions. Okay. Right then. Well, um, thank you very much for that. Uh, excellent. Uh, thank you all for commenting and sharing. And I will be here seven o'clock next Tuesday night. I'll look forward to seeing you there. If you've got any questions, send them to me and I will be very happy to go over them. But for now, I'm going to go and uh, put my feet up and I suggest you do likewise. See you next week. Good night. Have a question not covered in today's show? Then send it over to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag AskJJ. We'd love to hear from you.